Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli and this is The Week in Doubt, episode 239. Before we start, I'd like to thank Mary Cockrum and Hal Houston for liking the Week in Doubt Facebook page. I may have already thanked Hal before, but I uh, can't hurt to thank someone twice. All right, so let's dive right in. I got the idea for today's show after seeing a photo in my Twitter feed. It was an image of an atheist memorial, a kind of rectangular stone attached to a bench, with a Madeline Murray O'Hare quote engraved on it. It's in Florida, outside the Bradford County Courthouse, I believe, positioned next to the Ten Commandments. It was funded by American Atheists, the organization which O'Hare herself had founded. To be honest, although I identify as an atheist, agnostic atheist technically, you guys sick of hearing me say that yet, uh, prior to researching this episode, my only knowledge of Madeline Murray O'Hare came from an old A&E TV series episode or documentary. Remember those grisly and depressing old murder or forensic shows narrated by Bill Curtis? It was one of those, I believe. The focus of it was the investigation of her disappearance and subsequent murder. Two things about her stuck with me after watching that. One was how kind of feisty and cantankerous she supposedly was, and the other was the disturbing fact that her and one of her sons and her granddaughter had been kidnapped and murdered. They had been abducted by a group of career criminals, one of whom a person, or scumbag to be more precise, a convicted felon out on parole by the name of David Roland Waters, used to work for her organization. I think first as a typesetter and then as an office manager. They forced O'Hare's son to withdraw over $600,000 from the organization, American Atheist Bank Account, and then after going on several shopping sprees, they eventually murdered all three of them. Madeline, her son John, and her granddaughter Robin. Waters and another accomplice named Gary Cara turned on their fellow partner in crime, Danny Fry, and killed him as well. Fry's body would eventually be found washed up on a riverbed minus its head and hands. As it turns out, the money doesn't seem to have been Waters' sole or primary motivation for the crime. While working for American atheists, he had stolen $54,000 from the organization. Shortly after discovering the theft, Madeline Murray O'Hare had written a scathing article in the so-called members-only section of the American Atheist newsletter. In it, she supposedly discussed his prior murder of a fellow teenager when he was 17 and the fact that he had supposedly beaten and urinated on his own mother. You can see why I referred to him as a scumbag. I usually don't engage in name-calling, but I think we can make an exception. And if I'm not mistaken, according to a documentary I watched earlier while researching this episode, she may have also said something about him engaging in homosexual acts while in prison. Safe to say she must have been pretty pissed off about that missing 54 grand. So it seems Waters' driving motivation for the kidnapping and murders may have been a desire for revenge on O'Hare for publicly humiliating him in the newsletter. According to his girlfriend, Waters supposedly fantasized about torturing and killing O'Hare, mentioning specifically his desire to quote-unquote snip off her toes. I know, weird and gruesome stuff. Am I saying supposedly too much? We're only uh, four minutes into the podcast and I've used it about four times now. Feel free to make it the drinking game word of the week as long as you're not driving. Okay, anyway... 
So just to give some context, the kidnapping and murders took place in 1995, and Madeline Murray O'Hare was 76 at the time. I was relatively young back when I watched that A&E show on her disappearance and murder, so most likely I didn't think of myself as an atheist at the time. I wish I could recall what my reaction to her atheism was. At the time, I probably thought of myself as an agnostic or a seeker. Perhaps I didn't even give it too much thought. As I mentioned earlier, my big takeaway was this kind of disturbing portrait of a cantankerous battle axe who had been abducted and murdered. And I don't say that to disparage Madeline Murray O'Hare, uh, but she really was portrayed as this kind of combative person who was really hard to get along with. But enough about her death. Whatever you may think about her demeanor, she really was a pioneer in the field of atheist activism. So let's go ahead and take a brief look at her life. She was born Madeline Mays on April 13th in Pittsburgh in 1919. As an infant, she was baptized into the Presbyterian Church. In 1941, she married a man by the name John Henry Roths, but they separated when they both enlisted in the armed forces during World War II. Well, posted in Italy as a cryptographer, Madeline entered into a relationship with a married officer named William J. Murray Jr. Murray was a Roman Catholic and refused to divorce his wife. Despite this, Madeline divorced Roths and took on the last name Murray. After the war, Madeline Murray earned a bachelor's degree from Ashland University, and in 1962, she received an LLB degree from South Texas College of Law, but failed the bar and never went on to practice law. Madeline already had a son, Bill Jr., from her relationship with William J. Murray Jr., and in 1954, she gave birth to a second son named John, fathered by her boyfriend, Michael Fiorillo. Around this time, there were rumors that she had tried to defect to Soviet Russia, but was denied entry. Although Murray claimed to have worked as a psychiatric social worker for 17 years and as a supervisor at the Baltimore Public Welfare Department in 1960, her son Bill, who she had a falling out with after he converted to Christianity, claims in his memoir, My Life Without God, that she had trouble holding a job due to her abrasive personality. In 1960, Madeline Murray filed a lawsuit against the Baltimore public school system. The reason for the suit was that her son William, the same one that would convert to Christianity as an adult, was required to participate in Bible readings at school, which Madeline Murray asserted was unconstitutional. She claimed her son's refusal to participate led to bullying by other students, behavior which was supposedly condoned by school administrators. The case, which became known as Murray v. Curlett, was consolidated with another case known as Abington School District v. Shemp and reached the Supreme Court in 1963. The court ruled 8-1 to one in favor of Shemp, resulting in a virtual ban on mandatory Bible recitation in public schools. A year prior, in 1962, officially sponsored school prayer had been brought to an end by the landmark case of Engel v. Vitali. In 1963, Madeline Murray also founded her nonprofit organization, American Atheist. She would remain the president of the organization until 1986, when her son John became the nominal leader, until their deaths in 1995. The popularity of Murray v. Curlett had brought Madeline widespread attention, and in 1964, Time magazine had even referred to her as, quote-unquote, the most hated woman in America. 
1965, she married a Marine and government informant named Richard O'Hare. They would eventually get separated, but she would keep Richard's surname until he passed in 1978. Sadly, we already know how Madeline Murray O'Hare's story ends, and once again, I do think as non-believers that we owe her a certain amount of gratitude, despite however disagreeable she may or may not have been. Um, I don't necessarily like to think of myself as a member of a community. I came to my atheistic worldview on my own, and it was a long and sometimes harrowing process, lots of existential hand-wringing and dark nights of the soul, to borrow a religious phrase. But that being said, I do feel a sense of kinship or solidarity with my fellow non-believers. Many of us know what it's like to feel marginalized or vilified for not believing. And it's good to know that we're not alone that there's others like us out there. And Madeline Murray O'Hare may have had a heavy-handed approach, and I may not necessarily agree with every suit she filed, but I still think she helped bring awareness to the fact that we non-believers are out there, and we're people too, and we deserve the same rights and respect as any believer. And speaking of those suits, I think I'll end by reading a bit from a list of them. So of course, uh, we have in 1963 Murray v. Curlett, uh, which challenged Bible reading and prayer recitation in Maryland public schools. Definitely agree with that one. Murray v. United States in 1964 to force the Federal Communications Commission to extend the fairness doctrine so that atheists could have equal time with religion on radio and television. And many of us have probably heard of the fairness doctrine before as it relates to equal time for political parties. Uh, I kind of have mixed feelings about forced equal time, but I definitely would like to see atheists get more mainstream airtime. But I still think people who get their news and talk from mainstream sources like television and radio, they're not exposed enough to quote-unquote our ideas. Once in a while, Fox News will roll out an atheist and they're usually treated like some kind of freak or novelty. And the hosts will usually do their best to vilify them or make them look stupid in the short amount of time allotted to them. Case in point, David Silverman, also from American Atheists, I believe, uh, someone who I like, uh, and I've watched a lot of his YouTube debates, etc., and actually, I believe it was just yesterday or the day before that I saw a picture of him posing with that atheist memorial that I talk about at the beginning of this episode. Anyway, he was just recently on Fox News. He was on Tucker Carlson's show. Hi, guys. Back through the magic of editing. It wasn't David Silverman that was on Tucker Carlson's show recently. It was Dan Barker, another atheist activist and the husband of Annie Laurie Gaylor. And there with the Freedom From Religion Foundation, actually Annie and Dan together are co-presidents of the Freedom From Religion Foundation. So once again, to clarify, I don't know where that weird brain slip came from, but it was Dan Barker, not David Silverman on Tucker Carlson. Okay. And it's just painful to watch because Tucker is so condescending, even more so than usual, so rude, um, so combative and intellectually dishonest, uh, keeps cutting David Silverman off. That would be cutting Dan Barker off. And like I said, he only gives them, you know, a small amount of time. And I understand that these shows are comprised of segments, but he ends by not even really giving 
David Silverman a chance to finish his point. <sighs> Sigh, that would be give Dan Barker a chance to finish his point. He says something like, I read your letter and you're wrong. And then they start rolling the uh, outro music or, or whatever it is. So yeah, I'd like it if there were more civil, intelligent, good-natured conversations with non-believers on mainstream radio and television. I, I think that would absolutely be great. And uh, I think a lot of people who maybe demonize atheists because they just view them as these monstrous people that want to rip their religion away, if they actually heard what they had to say in the format of a civil conversation with a, you know, with a thoughtful, well-spoken atheist, um, they actually might see the merit of some of our ideas and see that there's logical reasons why we doubt or why we believe what we believe or don't believe. I didn't plan on waxing philosophical like this at the end, uh, so I'll just try to quickly run through some more of these um, suits she had filed. Murray v. Nixon in 1970 challenged weekly religious services in the White House. O'Hare versus Payne, 1971, challenged NASA's religious use of the space program to require astronauts to read the Bible during a space flight. 1977, O'Hare v. Cook challenged the opening prayer at city council meetings in Austin, Texas. O'Hare v. Blumenthal in 1978 challenged the inclusion of the phrase, In God We Trust, on U.S. currency. And it goes on and on. Uh, but I guess I'll leave it there. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you know the drill. Please like the Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, please check out the YouTube channel. Uh, if you do check out the YouTube channel, please remember to like and subscribe. I think that kind of helps the show get noticed more. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can do so by using the PayPal widget, the bottom of the Podbean page, or you can go to patreon.com slash the weekend out and support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, I kept my promise and I started a Patreon only bonus show last week. I don't know how well the first episode went because my aim was to do something different than this show. I want to talk about things, maybe some personal things I don't usually talk about uh, on the main show. And also, I wanted to have more of a laid-back, conversational feel, so I did not edit it at all, or there was next to no editing. So I don't know if there's too many pregnant pauses, too many ums and ahs, etc., but I am liking how it gives me an excuse to uh, spin some tunes. Since I don't have to worry about YouTube copyright algorithms or uh, iTunes, etc. Uh, and I don't know what the the ethical implications are or concerns of me playing copyrighted music on the Patreon bonus show, uh, but I'm probably going to do it because I, I just love music and I love sharing my favorite tunes with other people. So last week I played... Beyond the Wheel by Soundgarden, Blasphemous Rumors by Depeche Mode, and I ended with The Spy by The Doors, my favorite band. And I'll probably record the next Patreon bonus show tonight. This is Saturday as I'm recording this. I don't think I'm going out tonight, so I might just kick back, have a few drinks, and record the bonus show. Okay, brothers and sisters, until next time.
Does that sound too much like an even sadder version of the Doogie Howser theme? <laughs> 